touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week 16 edition of the One Pridecast. I am Tori Petri and I am joined by the one and only Lomas Brown. Lomas, welcome in. Hey, the one and only. I like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're <laughs> spicing it up for week 16, right? <laughs> we need to. We need a little <laughs> spice here today. Uh, we do, indeed. Uh, where's your essential oils? Get those out. Give us some yeah, energy Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, this was just hand lotion, but I do have the peppermints on the nap. So, yeah, we're, All right. we're getting a little the peppermint in the air. All right, all right. You smell the mints? Oh, yes. No mints? It's lovely. They have to... <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I'll mix it. I had a little tangerine I was going to mix in with Oh, that. how fancy. Now, <sighs> usually after road games, we'll talk like road chronicles. We'll talk about what we do when we're on the road, but I had a pretty quiet weekend in Buffalo, so yeah. I don't have much to share from my Buffalo weekend. Yeah, other than eating some wings. I tried I had some wings okay. from Duff's. They had that that was in the press box. So they had Duff's wings in the press box. They were pretty good. You know, it wasn't nothing to write home about, you know, but they were pretty good. Yeah. And you know, like we were talking, it's not much to do in Buffalo. I don't know how much trouble you could get in in Buffalo. You don't <laughs> hear about a lot of Buffalo players getting in trouble in <laughs> Buffalo cuz it's not a lot to do in Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, well, we found that out this weekend. I'm sure there's plenty of lovely places to go sure. and things to do, but Absolutely. where we were sta- staying, there wasn't a whole lot of options, so I just had a nice little quiet night. Yeah, so. the weather cooperated, though, because it could have been a lot, lot worse than it was. So we, I think we kind of lucked out with the weather. Oh, yeah. I yes. was not complaining about right. a 36-degree day in Buffalo. You're right. You're right. When I saw Buffalo on the schedule... <laughs> Way back when it came out, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is terrifying. But we still got one more hump snow, to cross, though. We still That's got true. one more big hump to cross. And that it's is a very big true. one. It's, it's like the early. Mount Everest, though. It's like the Mount Everest. Green Bay? That's like the Mount Everest. But go ahead. It's a little early to be uh, uh, weather forecast watching for that one. That a is week and a true. half out. Okay. So, you know, I'm not sure what the weather forecast is going to okay. look like for that one yet. So I'm going to mentally get myself to prepare for the worst and right. hope for the best. Well, that's what happened in Buffalo. There we had go. pretty much best case scenario weather in Buffalo. So we might look out. It'll be after the holidays. So maybe we'll have a good Christmas, and that'll lead right into that game with Green Bay, and this will be a lovely game, you know, so. Yeah, the next time I talk to you, well, aside from game day, the next time we talk on the podcast, Christmas will have already been passed. It sure will. We are less than seven days from Christmas now. That's just, oh, are you through? Are you done with your Christmas shopping? Don't call me out like that, Lomas. Of course I'm not through. Oh, (laughs) Oh, so are you in one of those deadline? Do you crash the deadline? Are you right up until the deadline? Well, I'm hoping to get it taken care of before this weekend, but I can't make any promises. I, it's just such a busy time of year with like football season and Christmas and how do you get it all done? So going to the malls, not relaxing after that's uh, not a <laughs> that's not exactly what I look forward to. So my my strategy is either order online, which uh, aside from Amazon Prime, okay. I'm pretty much out of time to do that. So oh. yeah, I mean everything else is going to take too long to get shipped to where it needs to go. So I'm going to have to do some uh, in person shopping uh, hmm. heading into Christmas here, but. The cool thing is, is that I actually, I, I actually get to spend Christmas with my family this oh, year. Oh, that's good. Also, oh, they're coming up. 
No, I'm going home oh, for like 24 hours to see my family. Wow, now that's cool. That I know. is cool. Wow. I'm pretty stoked about wow, it. Wow, that is cool there. So you're out right afterwards and bam. Wait, you're leaving Christmas Eve? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. Well, it shouldn't be that bad. Travel normally is not that bad on Christmas Eve at airports. Well, we'll see if uh, I get that TSA pre-check working. There you go. Get through security real quick and... Uh, make my way to see the fam for oh, Christmas. I'm pretty excited. So I excited. know before Green Bay, we'll definitely have something to talk about for the Green Bay <laughs> podcast. Because that should be an adventure. I will have just come back from Florida yeah. for the podcast next week. So. so we'll be good. We'll have plenty of things. So when you're in the airport, do people watching now, all right? all right? While you're waiting, do some people watching. One of my favorite Christmas songs is There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays. Oh, yeah. The Carpenter's version, yeah. like the old version. I love that song so much, and I haven't been home for the holidays in five years. Oh, wow. So the fact that I'm going home this year is amazing, and I will be listening to that song quite a bit. Of course, alongside Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you, because uh, that is hands down the best Christmas song of all time. Uh, but yeah, it'll be cool to be able to like be in the airport and actually be doing the traveling and being the one that's going home for the holidays. I mean, it's short, very right. short, about as short as you can possibly get, but okay. I'm happy. So the key question is, have you done weather watching for that? That you know trip. I actually haven't. What? I I just I guess assume that it'll be fine. Okay. It's Florida. Yeah, there you go. You're right. You can't go all It'll bad. be warmer than here, I yeah. know that much. <laughs> that is true. And honestly, I don't even know how much time I'll spend outside because I'll get home late at night and then I'll be doing Christmas festivities with the family during the day, so who I, who cares what the weather is? I'm just happy to be around my family. That would be nice, though. Yeah. That should be nice, opening presents. And so it's going to take you back to the early childhood right, days. Right, right. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So i got to get my act together before Christmas Eve. So cause... are you going to get up real early in the morning? Is that like, did you used to get up early in the morning? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I, I don't think that I do anymore. I wouldn't anymore. Not, I mean, I haven't had Christmas morning at my family's house in ages. So so you don't know, though. I don't know. We'll just have mm-hmm. to see what happens. Okay. I'm telling you, we're going to have a lot to talk about <laughs> when she gets back. <laughs> oh, yeah, we always like to have a little bit of chat before we get into the Lions talk. And uh, it's, it's a tough one to talk about this week. <sighs> There is no playoff spot under the tree for the Lions this year. Mm, nice. There's nice, your little transition nice, there. Nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, a rough day in Buffalo. It's We talked last week this should have been a winnable game for the Lions. Yes. It was a winnable game for them. Uh, you know, they were in position to win at several points in that game. Of course, the special teams' mistakes cost them. The offense not being able to move the ball cost them. And a couple of costly uh, catches on defense uh, were in a PI, PI call yes. uh, were what cost them there. So there really was no one area that was completely to blame. But it, just all across the board, things seemed to fall apart. It, it kind of reverted back to some of the games that were taking place early in the year where we came in and we were talking about the penalties. And we were talking about the missed opportunities. And we were talking about the offense not scoring when they had the opportunity to. So we were talking about all those things. And it seemed to have creeped back. Um, Very disappointing uh, performance in Buffalo. 
and especially from the offensive side of the ball. Again, I think the defense has been playing at a level, a winning level. They've been playing where we should have won these games. You hold opponents to what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. Those should have been winnable games. But when the offense isn't putting up points or helping you out or getting first downs or keeping the chains moving or doing things to help the defense out, then eventually the defense is going to get tired or the defense is going to make a, uh, yeah. a mistake and it's going to cost us. And we've seen it over and over again. So I look at the offense. I mean, I really look at that has to be an area that has to be addressed mm-hmm. this offseason. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of areas that need to be addressed yes. this offseason. And Lomas, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we had already started talking about, okay, it's not looking like a playoff year for the Lions, but right. they weren't mathematically eliminated. Uh, so, you know, there was still that small chance, but now there is no more chance. When we look back at the beginning of this season, if someone told you this is the way this season would turn out, oh, what would you have thought? Never, never, Tori, because remember the statement was made that 9-7 and seven wasn't good enough. I know coaches, especially I've been on the first-year coaches, and I know they have their growing pains too, and I know things don't always go according to how they plan it out, but you would have never thought that Matthew would have regressed this year the way he has. You never would have thought that, you know, we had some of the big plays that were given up, especially against the defense early in the year that happened to us. You never would have thought that the special teams would have been as bad as they were, especially as good as they were over the last past years um, while uh, Coach was here. So it was a lot of things that I think the Lions didn't go into the season expecting to have to worry about, that it probably was a strength that ended up costing um, the team and ended up really um, being a negative. So, you know, I just think they're going to have to sit back and just look overall. And, again, Tori, the other thing that's glaring to me is – still the depth of this team. I'm telling you, when you lose a starter, it's just too much of a drop-off from the starter to whoever replaces Mm -hmm. him. It it just is talent level. So until that is straightened out too, you're going to struggle. Yeah, and, you know, injuries have been such a problem for the Lions this year. They have had a lot of very costly injuries. And I'm looking at the list of players that are on IR now as Mm -hmm. of today – that we are recording. Carrion Johnson has now been placed on IR. Deshaun Hand is on IR. They join Ezekiel Ansah. They mm. join Marvin Jones Jr., TJ Lang, Michael wow. Roberts. Those are players, those are all starters, really, that yeah. were expected to be uh, big key parts of the Lions this year, and all of those names are on IR now. Now, we are at the point in the season where things like that start to happen. They start right. shutting guys down. If you're not healthy, there's really no point in you uh, – hurting your body more in these last two games. Right. So that's understandable that there's a, a few more names going on that list here late in the season, but just the amount of injuries they've had has been crazy. Yeah, and you still may not be through. And You know, you don't know about Rick Wagner. You know, he's another guy that may be questionable with the concussion. So, you know, you don't know if you bring him back or if you play Terrell Carlsby, who's been playing pretty good, you know, and Wiggins has been filling in pretty good for T.J. Lane. So, you know, I think it's at a point where the coaches are deciding whether they do start evaluating guys or they just – 
uh, where you're always being evaluated, but the, if they start evaluating the younger guys that may take some of these guys' places that may not come back. And it's, <clears throat> it's not all about their choices. I mean, you got guys, you know, TJ was in his 10th year, you know, going into his 11th year. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, how much pounding, how much wear and tear do you want to put on your body? I mean, guys start thinking about stuff like that when they start having injuries and then you start getting this far in your career, and especially when you have head injuries. I mean, that's something that you really have to take serious. It used to be the body. It's funny how it's changed. It used to be the body injuries you used to be more scared of. But now it's all about the head. It should all be should be all about the head injuries for guys in the league now. Yeah. I mean, you've got young guys going on IR as well. Carry on Johnson. Uh, of course, now they did bring Jamal Agnew back from IR, so that's mm-hmm. a young guy that spent a lot of the season on IR, and right. they were able to bring him back. Uh, he said he wanted to finish the season on a good note, so this is his opportunity to do so. But do you think it's the right decision to shut a guy like Carryon Johnson down? At I this do. Point? I did. I, I did. I do. Um, I, I think you've seen what Carryon could give you. Um, you know what he could do for you. You know what you have probably for the – if you keep him healthy, you know what you have from this guy probably in the next seven to ten years. You know what type of back you have. He's a dynamic back. He's a guy that's really, to me, how he sees his vision is beyond his years. So he's got a lot of good game experience this year that's going to help him next year. So I don't mind that. And in Jamal's uh, case, too, I don't mind that either because, like you say, he missed a large portion of the season. He's still young. You want to see how that knee is going to react or if there's going to be any – thing with the knee that goes on before the all season so you could take care of that so that's a smart move right there and you know when you talk about Rick Wagner a guy like that I would strongly consider putting him on our and let like I say Terrell Carlsby let this guy continue to get some action and play so you know right now it's about like I say evaluating and looking ahead now you just can't look at what happened you got to look ahead now do you think that they should start thinking about putting other guys on IR, shutting other guys down for the season? <clears throat> How do you approach that topic? I know it's a hot topic of debate right now when you reach this point in the season and uh, you see other teams shutting da- guys down like Cam Newton over in Carolina. Right. What What do you say on that see, topic? See, for me, uh, being honest, if we had another backup, I could see shutting down Matthew unless you were talking about bringing Jacob. But for Matt Castle, I just can't see – I don't know what the upside is. I mean, unless you're just trying to prevent injuries from Matthew. But, again, what what it'll do is if you got your leader that goes out there, your leader knows you had a down year. Your leader's been part of that down year. What that says to me – as a former player or a guy that's on that team is that my leader is willing to go down fighting with me. You know, he's not going to jump off the ship and leave us here to battle right. these next two games. 
He's going out there with us. I think that's some of the same thing that Aaron Rodgers wanted to do by playing, but they pulled him. I think that was Cam Newton's thought frame before they overrode him and pulled him. So as a competitor, I know Matthew wants to stay in there. I know he does. Um, And you just have to weigh it. But if I had a young guy, if I was going to pull Jake up and play Jake these next two games, I would do it. But the poor Matt Castle up, I mean, I wouldn't do it. I would let Matthew just stay in and fight with my team, care to build, get ready for next year. That would be my motto. We're getting ready for next year. Now, Matthew has been on the injury report with a back injury the Mm -hmm. past couple of weeks. He's been limited in several practices. And the Vikings are coming up. The Vikings right. had 10 sacks on him when they faced each other earlier this season. Do you think about that at all? And I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm glad here. you are. Do you think about those 10 sacks and what could happen in this yep. game? Yes, I do. And you know who another test this would be for? It would be for JBC, Jim Bob Cooter. Because, again, I would go in. If I'm coach, the head coach, I would tell him, okay, you know the situation. You know the quarterback, his back. You know this whole situation. Keep him out of harm's way. Whatever your game plan is, keep him out of harm's way. You do that by you take out all your seven-step drops. You know, you don't have Matthew in there taking shots unless it's something obvious or unless you can max protect and give him full protection where you can take a shot. But you don't do things to put him in harm's way. You don't roll him out. You don't do any RPOs with him. Don't put him in harm's way. Even if you have to simplify the the game plan to where you're handing it off to Laguerre or Zach Zander or whatever, or screen plan or throwing it quick out of his hand, you could do that. And I tell you what, it would be a good test for, again, JBC to see if he could do that, if he could follow through with some of the game plans or if this is going in the direction that I see this going in if I'm a head coach. The Lions take on their divisional rival, the Minnesota Vikings, in a key NFC North matchup on Sunday, December 23rd. Kickoff is at 1 p.m. Tickets are available for purchase at DetroitLions.com or by calling 800-745-3000. Looking ahead to this game against the Vikings, they have a lot to play for still. The Lions are eliminated from the playoffs. Obviously, we've talked about this before, that guys are playing for their jobs. They're trying to set the tone for this offseason with Matt Patricia going into his second year as head coach. But the Vikings are still playing for something very real right right in front of them right now. They still have a shot at that wild card spot. How tough does that make this game for the Lions? It's going to be a tough game. They better come out ready. I mean, because Minnesota has everything in the world to play for, like you said. And the Lions, the only thing they can do is play spoiler. So they better come out ready. They better come out like they're ready to play like they want to spoil Minnesota's uh, efforts to get in the playoff more so than letting Minnesota get there and dictate it. And they can do it. If they come out fast enough, they'll get the crowd behind them. It'll be a lot of things you could do at home, and there'll be a lot of things that Kirk Cousin and them can't do here because of the crowd if we could get the crowd into the game and keep them into the game. So hopefully these guys will come out with a sense of urgency like they like they're trying to get in the playoffs. That's how the Lions have they have to flip the switch, like flip it on them. They got to come out like they're the team that's getting trying to get in the playoff and get the wild card position, right. not the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, how important are these last two games? I mean, a lot of people 
have talked about the draft order and what that means for the Lions and what winning these last two games could mean for the draft order. I think currently they are seventh in the draft order as things stand right now. Now, of course, that can change. They could go up, I believe, as high as the top five. It's Mm -hmm. unlikely they fall out of the top ten. So how much do you think about that as a player or – how much do you think that management is thinking about those things going into these last two games? I think it's more management than the players because you just out there playing. You right. don't care you because you know that young guy, man. He still see you know as a player what that young guy got to go through. He got to learn what the NFL is about. A rookie, so it's rarely you get a Barry Sanders. You know you get your Hall of Fame type guys in here. Okay, as a rookie, they can have big big impacts, but. You know, for the majority of us, you know, it's going to be a slow impact. So guys know they're not going to be able to come in and immediately help the organization. Like I say, Saquon, I mean, he's awesome. So you get those rare, rare talents that can come in. But guys know that. So it's more organizational. And they won't say anything. And I don't think they'll do well. I guess they can do what they want to as far as limiting playing time and doing different things like that. Because they could pull the quarterback. They could do different things. But I think it's more up top than down at the bottom. Because guys, like I say, Tori, you, you got your resume. So you know you're not going to always be a lion. So you better put something out there so the other teams can see it. I would completely agree. And I don't think people think about that aspect of things often when they say, oh, I want the team to tank for the rest of the season because we want a better draft pick. Well, sure, you you want that as a fan. But these guys, this is their job. This is their lifeline. They want to put good stuff on film, whether it's for the Lions next year or for another team that's going to be looking at them in free agency. So that, that is very present on their minds. And... I really don't think that Matt Patricia wants to lose his last two games in his first season because he doesn't want to finish with just five wins in a season. He wants a better record than that for his first season. Well, Uh, seven is going to be one of the lowest records that he's had. You know, seven wins would be the worst. So you're right. Yeah, I think he definitely wants to win these last two games. So I don't think that there's much uh, validity to the thought that there might be a mindset of tanking around here. I I really don't get that feel at all. I think that's just kind of like a, a fan hope. Yeah, and then the other thing, right, in the the from what I'm hearing, the draft is defensive heavy anyway. So I heard there's a lot of defensive guys. So, you know, unless we're looking on that side of the ball. No, I don't know what we're looking at. I don't know which side of the ball we're looking <laughs> on, to be honest with you. I don't because it's, it's, we got a lot of holes to plug. I would think defensive line and cornerback are two of the top ones okay. that come to mind for me. So this would be the year then to get a D lineman, especially to get a D lineman because they were talking about all the, you know, good, good defensive linemen that are out this year. So – Maybe that's what we might be looking for. Another big fella to come in the fold. <laughs> well, hey, we might be getting ahead of ourselves a little yes, bit too yes. much here because there's still two football <laughs> games left to talk about. Uh, but there was some news that isn't relevant to these last two games here. Darius Slay was named to his second consecutive yes. Pro Bowl this week. So that's great news for Darius. Pretty cool to be uh, receiving that honor two years in a row. He'll head down to Orlando for the Pro Bowl once again. And a pretty cool honor for him. A great honor, especially when you're on a losing team. You know, that means you did something outstanding. That means you're a player that stood out. 
that means that your name is out there. So, you know, kudos to Darius. And, you know, he was big. I mean, when teams tried to go at him, I, I probably maybe one game, bad game that Darius might have had this year. Other than that, I mean, teams really didn't try to go at him, which was smart on their part. And when they did go that way, you know, he defended the pass or made them pay for coming over there. So, you know, he's just been great since he's been here. And it's great to see how he's matured over the years to where he's one of the best shutdown corners in the league where we don't even have to worry about the receiver or that side of the field he's at. I never have to worry about that. You know, it's the other side because that's where they're going at. So it's a well-deserved honor for big play all day slate. <laughs> well, I think he had a better year statistically last year yes. with all of his interceptions. Uh, last year was really when he burst onto the national scene where he was getting respect not only from the Detroit media and fans, but mm -hmm. he was getting respect nationally. And I think that goes to show just how respected he's become because even in having a year that wasn't quite as flashy as last year, he still made it to the Pro Bowl. And that, that goes to show how well he's respected around the league uh, because yeah. of you know, getting that honor in a year that isn't quite as flashy as the one before. No, you're right, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard making a Pro Bowl team or your name being out there, especially when you're losing, you know, on the team that had a losing record this year. So, like I say, it's great kudos to him, and, you know, hopefully, you know, with years to come, we'll have a lot of other guys. So that's, that's what happens, Tori, with success. You know, when you win, you know, all kind of accolades come with that. So – just got the win you think snacks was a pro bowl snub absolutely hands down i mean i don't know if it was the trade you know halfway during the season and you know he's going from one team to the other i don't know if that hurt him but he should have been he to me he was one of the most dominant players on the defense definitely on the defensive line but he was one of the most dominant defensive players and still is right now in the game they talk about all the other impact players but his impact is just with him tying up two guys and the sacks he has and the pressure that he constantly puts on guys. And you can see the running backs, man. They don't want to go at him. You can see them <laughs> go the other way. And just the intimidating factor that he is, he should have been a pro bowler. So hopefully he was an alternate, you know, and maybe he could get in. Do you think it has anything to do with him being more prestigious, I guess, at run-stopping? Yeah, I That's mean, less of a sacks than the sacks. That you know, people want to, people know the guys who get the sacks, and I, and that's not to say that he hasn't gotten sacks this year. He has, but he really excels at run stopping, and that's not quite as flashy of a statistic that the average fan who is voting in, great in fan votes would know. I'm gonna tell you who ruined it for them guys is Aaron Donald, because <laughs> that's not real what he's doing. Tory right. <laughs> sixteen and a half sacks from the defensive tackle position. That's like kind of like unheard of. Yeah, yeah. Defensive ends, of course, outside linebackers all day long. An interior lineman. It's just I think he's making it worse on all the other True. guys because he is just he taking took it to another level. <laughs> Aaron Donald, yes. All yes. right. Well, since we're talking about the Pro Bowl, let's close up this episode with some trivia, and it's going to be Pro Bowl themed. Okay. 
All right, this week's trivia question is, Darius Slay is the third Lions defensive back to make the Pro Bowl in consecutive seasons since the 1970 merger. So three Lions DBs have made it back-to-back seasons. So name the other two. I got that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah? All right, don't tell. If you guys know the answer and you're listening in, make sure you tweet the answer to at Lions. Let us know the answer to the trivia question and you could win a Lions prize pack. We definitely want to give that to you if you know the answer to this question. So make sure you tweet us and let us know. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the One Pridecast. Thank you so much for listening in and we will talk to you just after Christmas next week.